0: Welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour, sponsored by Lake Monster Brewing and That's Badass Wood Art. Remember to use promo code CTPocket for 20% off any one item at That'sBadassWoodArt.com. And while you're here, be sure to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're doing a giveaway at 3,000 subscribers for a custom skull piece by That's Badass Wood Art. So graciously, Doogie is joining us this evening on the eve of the NFL Draft uh how are you tonight
1: I'm doing well Matt although I could go for a beer having just heard <laughs> you read that promo or verbalize that promo I'm like gosh darn I need a beer but I need to sprint <laughs> out to baseball practice in a bit older son's got a little bit of a later practice under the lights which is great and I should get home in time for tip-off for Kings Warriors game five so once the kids are asleep I'll definitely crack open a beer or have a glass of wine so I'm looking forward to that
0: there you go. They're practicing go.
1: outside this early, dude? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. They've been outside, Miles, yeah, for for a bit. Yeah, I mean, they've had some indoor practices in church in the West Metro, too. But, yeah. But then you look at the weekend, and it's like, crap. Right. Like, I don't know if we're going to be able to get any work in this weekend. The older son's first official game is on Tuesday. But they were supposed to scrimmage the back-to-back 10- and 11-year-old champion edina hornets a couple weekends ago would have been the weekend of actually it would have been last weekend but unfortunately the weather did not cooperate now edina might have kicked their behind (laughs) that's how good edina (laughs) is you know i mean you're really good as a 10 year old and 11 year old guess what when you're 12 you're really good as well you just keep getting better and better but that would have been a good test for for my son for for his traveling team but it didn't happen and i don't know if we'll reschedule so yeah i mean just it's that time of the year i remember last year Draft weekend, my son played in the Icebreaker tournament in Elk River. They played really well against a pretty good White Bear Lake team on the Friday night. One eight one nine one, something like that. We're set to play Saturday and Sunday. We got rained out Saturday. We got rained out Sunday. It's it's April in Minnesota, Miles. I'm not joking when I say this. And hey, if anybody in the audience wants to come at me, (laughs) fine. So be it. I can handle it. April is the worst month in Minnesota. I hate
2: April. Can we
1: fast forward to May? Right. <laughs> I grew up in Duluth,
2: and I played baseball. And so I even had it, I even had it a little bit worse. So I hear you on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's uh, let's talk Vikings draft. We're on the eve, and there's been a lot of steam, especially What's today. Up, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> He's already a pro. He's already a yeah. pro. Um, there's been a lot of steam about the Vikings must
1: have mom's good looks.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, definitely.
2: Oh yeah. It's all about mom. (laughs) Thanks.
0: A lot of steam about the Vikings doing either trading up or trading back. I think Brett Coleman has been a big push today on Twitter, kind of saying like the Vikings want to move up. And we've also heard, you know, potentially moving back to accumulate more picks. What are you hearing with the draft a little under 24 hours, a little over 24 hours away?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely, Matt. I mean, I was catching up with a high-profile agent early this afternoon. He had told me, him, his company, they can't recall this much uncertainty, you know, whatever it is right now, 24-ish hours before the first pick. They can't recall this much uncertainty going back a really long time. And so there's so much intrigue, so much mystery. Now, the buzz I'd heard today was a little bit more trade back not trade up, but I am not dismissing the possibility of trading up. I think that absolutely is one of many scenarios that they have kicked around in Egan. But just in the moment, if you're asking me right now, what's the latest intel I had heard? It was Kansas City at pick 31. Are they at 31 miles? Thirty-one. Yep.
2: Yep. Okay. Super so Kansas chance.
1: City in the market for, for a receiver. And so they may have some interest, depending on how the board shakes out, going from 31 to
0: 23. Miles, I know you had a like a specific question just about trading up for Doogie.
2: Yeah, well, so Matt and I were talking about this and I I feel like I've been championing it for a while with the Vikings is the one thing that they haven't done in the history of this franchise is trade up aggressively to go get a franchise quarterback. They've always either let a guy come to them or they've traded back into the first to get like a Teddy Bridgewater, right? My question with for you is like with this regime specifically, they feel like the type that's going to be a little bit more aggressive in that pursuit of that next quarterback, whoever it is, however they acquire him. My question for you is, do you think that they finally have like that leeway to do it? And do you think maybe Rick at one point kind of lost that, that that opportunity to to make a move like that?
1: that? Well, I think they do have the leeway miles to make that sort of move. Like I don't think Mark and Ziggy Wilfer are like, Hey, Quacey, no, you can't do that. You can't give up our 2024 first. How dare you? You'll never, you know, work here beyond your, you know, initial contract. I mean, there's no dialogue, anything crazy like that. And so, yeah, I mean, they have the green light to to certainly move up. Like, are you jumping Tampa at 19? Like, who exactly are you jumping? Are you trying to get above Tennessee at pick 11? Who is That's that kind guy of... Jud Zolgad and I, you guys have had Judd on yeah. the podcast a handful of times. My colleague at Score North, you know, and he's covered the NFL for a really long time, going back to his Star My Tribune God. days, both on the Vikings beat and the Packers beat. So he certainly has a number of contacts. He had heard on Tuesday a little bit of CJ Stroud steam. And like, I don't even know what to make of these betting lines and L. Will Levis. <laughs> is he like the betting favorite right this second to go pick two? okay, we think Bryce Young is going one, but I'm not even sure if that's like
2: written in ink. Maybe that's
1: more pencil, but we think maybe Bryce Young won. Okay. Well, Levis, but it won't be Houston at two. So who's moving up to two to draft Levis? Okay. The Colts are taking a quarterback at four, but who is that? Is that potentially Levis if Levis doesn't go two? And so I'm just trying to figure out where exactly the Vikings need to get, but Like, I can just tell you, I mean, I've been saying this for many, many weeks. I mean, the amount of work they've done on these quarterbacks, like, I don't think you just, I don't think you do all this work and don't end up with one. Now, it's possible. All the scenarios, they're kicking around. Like, let's say they move from 23 to 31, okay? At 31, I think every position is in play outside of offensive tackle, that they wouldn't take a left tackle or a right tackle. You know what that means? I wouldn't be shocked. I would have bet a lot of money on this, but I wouldn't be shocked if they took the Alabama running back, Jameer Gibbs. I heard they they like him, right? So a lot of people are going to be like, what? Like running back with our first pick? Are you nuts? Like what are you talking about? <laughs> first offense? How could they go running back with their initial pick? But I'm just telling you, like to me, that's one of many scenarios they have bandied about. In Egan, because my intel is they like the kid. Now, do I think they take him at twenty-three? I guess I'd be surprised on that. Now, could they move back further than thirty-one, like entirely trade out of the first round? So then they're picking early on Friday. Maybe it's Pittsburgh or Houston. Those were two teams I would heard early in the second, but there may be some others. New Orleans is another team behind them in the first round that has some interest in moving up. Right. So there's just there's all these all these scenarios, but just the amount of work they've done on quarterbacks leads me to believe they are going to end up with some quarterback these next few days. I just don't know if it's going to be tomorrow, is it Friday, is it Saturday? I mean, Saturday could be the Stanford kid, right? It could be the BYU kid. could be the UCLA kid, right? I mean, they've done enough homework on those guys. But like on those first-round guys, like Anthony Richardson, I was told today, outside of two to three teams, so two or three teams have spent more time with anthony than the vikings so the vikings are not number one on the list of teams that have spent the most pre-draft time with richardson but that the vikings are like right there after that right so there's a bunch of teams that had richardson in for a visit but apparently the vikings connected with him somewhere along the way more than indianapolis the vikings have spent considerable amount of time with richardson same with hendon hooker like as far as i know he didn't visit egan But they connected somewhere along the way. Now, I don't know, maybe it's just a bunch of Zoom interviews. So when I say connected, maybe it wasn't necessarily in person. Maybe it was just four or five long Zoom interviews. But all I know is, like, they spent a good amount of time with Booker, with Richardson. I haven't heard as much Levestein, but we know, based on his former OC at Kentucky, knowing Kevin O'Connell well, their time together with the Rams, that, you know, Kevin O'Connell's got the book on Will Levis, whatever that book says. I don't know what it says, but whatever that book (laughs) says, the Vikings certainly have it. And, you know, I mean, I'll defer to to my guy, Judd, although, you know, I've heard a little bit of the same steam, so I kind of echoed his thoughts when I joined him earlier this week that, you know, if they did make a, a giant leap up, that Stroud would likely be the guy, right? That there's a thought that you don't need to get all the way up. I mean, I'd be shocked if the Vikings got up to two or three. I mean, I guess... Never say never, because I'm not dismissing trading up. So I guess if you're trading up, I guess maybe I guess I, I would be pretty darn surprised though if they got as high as two or three, Houston or Arizona. But like if you're going that high, I'd be surprised if it was for Richardson or Hooker.
0: That it would probably be Stroud. In a trade up scenario, do you sense that like a Dalvin Cook or a Zedarius Tom and uh, Zedarius Tom Zedarius Smith is on the table and like? I'm just wondering if it's if it's purely draft capital that they're moving in a in a scenario that they move up, or would they maybe try and attach Cook Zadarius just because there isn't closure on those two those two players?
1: Well, I mean, there will be closure soon enough, Matt. I mean, I just don't see either guy here. Certainly don't see Dalvin Cook here. Like that I can tell. He's still not an Egan. Not that Zedarius is an Egan, but just I even heard something more today. I won't go into the specifics, but just something where you start connecting more dots, those dots suggest Dalvin is not going to be, even, you know, for sake of just fodder, like, I hope this doesn't get aggregated. I am not reporting this, but I'll throw it out for sake of the conversation. You know, somebody told me, Hey, you should check on like, you know, some of these guys have made formal trade requests, right? Like Jonah Williams with the Bengals. I'm probably leaving out a guy or two has, has Buddha Baker formally requested a trade Mm
2: -hmm. from Arizona.
1: Okay. So, You know, somebody told me you might want to check on, you know, the idea that Dalvin, through his representation, has formally requested, you know, something, whether it's just an outright release or a trade. Regardless of that, just everything points to Dalvin Cook not being here. Now, whether that's a transaction that takes place Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or it's later in the spring or sometime in the summer, just every sign points to Dalvin Cook not being here. And to a large extent, Zedarius as well, Matt. So, I mean, I, I couldn't dismiss that sort of possibility, but I've not heard of any like specific intel that hey, like if they move back to whatever pick, that part of that transaction, Dalvin would be in it, or if they move up or whatever, I've not heard that specific intel. Well,
2: and Dalvin did it's always social media, right? But he posted something on social media with him in a Pro Bowl jersey and he covered up the uh, Vikings logo. So that's how oh, did happened. he? I didn't even see that. <laughs> yeah, while, so yeah I, I think, I think yeah. it was Instagram. Uh, he did that uh, yesterday, okay. maybe. Yeah.
1: And hey, I'm a big Dalvin fan and my understanding is pretty darn serious shoulder surgery. But at this point he could probably pass a physical, like couldn't have passed a physical weeks upon weeks ago, but now he's in a position to be able to pass a physical. But like if that surgery did what he thinks it'll do, like there's another couple really, really good years in that body. Like to me, when Dalvin cook is performing, at a high level, to me, he's a top five back in the league. And if you want to debate that, yeah. fine. If we want to have a semantics debate, okay, no, he's more like seven or eight or whatever. But, like, he's elite. He really is, you know? And so, like, I don't think he's going to be here. But, like, the Vikings better be careful because they are going to miss
0: Dalvin Cook. I'll I'll leave it at that. Um, outside of quarterback, you know, we've obviously wide receiver is one of the top needs on this team, as well as cornerback. And I think people are maybe – Uh, underrating the the need at the interior defensive line as well. But are there some other guys that, you know, kind of have the attention of Kwasi and Kevin O'Connell as we head into this weekend? Well, I mean, you think about the
1: wide receivers that visited, right? I mean, Smith and the Jigba from Ohio State, Addison from USC, Johnston from TCU. So clearly there's a good amount of interest in those three guys in particular, maybe another guy I just haven't heard as much flowers the bc kids team but hey right i mean we still don't have a book on this regime so you i know, know it's tough they may love zay flowers right and we just we don't have that intel right now because they're trying to hide the fact that they love the kid but you know i've heard more just based on visits usc tcu and ohio state kids so yeah i mean it's wide receiver it's You know, certainly cornerback. I mean, the more people you talk to, I mean, Deontay Banks came to town for a visit, right, from Maryland. Mm -hmm. Like, he's the perfect schematic fit. And I suppose the fear is what if Brian Flores is only here for a year, but presumably whatever scheme he's bringing in would carry over to 24 and so on. And you certainly need to grab a corner somewhere along the way, I would imagine. But yeah, I mean, pass rusher, right? I mean, the Georgia Tech kid, Keon White, was in town. The young kid from. From Tennessee, you know, he might be a little bit later on, but, you know, like they're looking at those pass rushers. Yeah. I mean, the Pittsburgh kid, he didn't come in for a visit, the interior defensive lineman, but they clearly like him a lot, right? So, like, if they end up with that kid tomorrow night, it's not like I'm going to be like, whoa, didn't see that coming. Like, I'm telling you, outside of left tackle or right tackle, and I suppose maybe guard, you know, they may go guard later on, whether it's the LSU kid, Bradford, or, you know, somebody else, but, like, I'm just telling you, based on, you know, some stuff I've heard in the last 24 to 48 hours about Jameer Gibbs. Now, you know, if I were making betting lines, I don't think I'd make the Vikings like the betting favorite to land Jameer Gibbs. But the word is the Vikings really like the kid. Right. And so, you know, he'd help. I mean, he'd be a nice complimentary piece to Madison. He'd help the passing game. Right. Mm-hmm. he do some dynamic stuff. If you are thinking about helping the offense, like he'd help the offense in a different type of way. you know, traditional wide receiver, but he could certainly help. So that's what I'm saying, Matt. Like I'm not, I'm not going to dismiss any of those possibilities. Even, you know, the branch kid from Alabama, right? I mean, a Mm. lot of people think he's a safety, but he can play some slot corner, but Murphy's going to play slot corner. So where exactly would branch fit in? But, you know, he's a freak of an athlete. They brought him in for a visit. So clearly there's a good amount of interest, right? So like, I can't dismiss any of that right? Like, I'd probably be surprised if Brian Branch is the guy, but you know, the fact they brought him in, right? You can't, like, completely dismiss it.
0: I hit Miles, I, I'm sorry I muted you there for a hot no. second. Did, did you have something? Oh, good. My house is chaotic, so it's all good. <laughs> I can relate.
2: Yeah,
1: no, I can relate,
2: Miles. Yeah. Um, my question, you kind of touched on the trenches, obviously, like, guard probably not being a, a high priority early in the draft, but where do you think things stand with an Ezra Cleveland? Just because he's going into a contract year, same with like a KJ Osborne. Do you think that they might be looking to try to find his future replacement? Or do you think they might want to try to extend him at some point? Like, what do you think the options there are for the Vikings at that position?
1: Yeah, Miles, I've not heard of any extension talks. Not that those couldn't pick up at a later date, but I've not been led to believe that that they're showing like this serious interest right this second in extending Ezra Cleveland. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't dismiss that. I mean, I don't think it's going to be tomorrow. I think it'd be later in the weekend. But, yeah, right. I wouldn't I wouldn't dismiss that at all. And, yeah, on wide receiver, on Osborne, uh, they really like him. Uh, if I had to bet on the two, like, where there's more interest eventually in extending, I think it would be Osborne over Cleveland. But I've not heard of any specific at this moment specific back and forth with Osborne's representation and the Vikings, but I can see them wanting him here yeah. long term. And I'm not probably saying we don't want Ezra here long term, exactly. but of the two, I can right. see them wanting
2: KJ here for sure long term. That makes sense. And then you probably want to see if you can get a, a Jordan Addison, a Jackson Smith, and Jigba first, because then how do you, you know, how are you investing in that, that position? So that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Now on Smith and
2: Jigba, I mean, you know, is he going to go as high as the right. Packers?
1: at 13 now, right? I mean, you know, does Green Bay go wide receiver? They never take Tomorrow, a wide receiver
2: right.
1: first. Yeah, I mean, I know. Conventional wisdom says, no, they just don't do that. But, but to yeah, piss it off would be Rogers, classic that Aaron Rodgers is gone and they finally go wide receiver yeah. <laughs> in the first round. But, you know, like New England at 14, there's some interest in receivers. And so maybe Green Bay thought, hey, part of this Rodgers transaction, yeah, maybe it seems minuscule on the outside, 15 to 13, but we had to get ahead of New England for a very specific reason. Right. So, I mean, I still have a hard time believing Smith and Jigba gets all the way to 23. He's such a stud. He really is. I know the injuries were a factor in 22, but you go back to 21, like stud. I mean, so good. I mean, go back and watch that Rose Bowl. I mean, he's just so darn good. And, you know, you go back and watch the pro day and just the way he was running routes and all that. I just I don't I don't see a scenario where that kid's getting to 23, but.
2: Yeah.
0: Fact,
1: and I'm telling you there's as much mystery and intrigue, you know, 24 hours out with this draft as as any in recent memory. And so, you know, that's a point for him. where, you know, I don't think, you know, anything is is like going to shock me, right? Like I think, you know, just overall, I just think there's so many different scenarios on the table. I think Bryce Young goes one, but like I'm not going to sit here and say 100% definitively, yeah, Bryce Young is going one to Carolina. So, there's just so much mystery. Uh, So, I mean, I guess maybe Smith and Jigba gets to to 23, but I I guess I'd be
0: mildly surprised about that. Quick question back on the quarterbacks for a second. Do you sense that Kirk Cousins – obviously, I don't think approve is the the right word, but, like, if the Vikings were aggressive or even just drafted a quarterback this weekend, which I think many people probably expect at some point, whether it's first round or day two or day three, do you think that Kirk Cousins will – you know, kind of ask to be, depending on where that, that quarterback is taken, asked to be released, traded? Do you sense that he'll just continue to play out the final year of his deal here um, and then just part amic? amic- I can't say the, the, the yeah, word. Just, yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, Matt. I think it'd be more the latter, that okay. he's still going to be a pretty good soldier, that he still has enough respect for, for Kevin O'Connell, that he wouldn't be a disruptive Force like he's not going to be a pain in the ass. Uh, now, hey, if they move up for CJ Stroud, like if they shock us, and hey, some people think CJ Stroud might fall, you know, not like big time, but maybe it's Justin Fields esque, right? When Mm -hmm. pre draft, we thought Justin Fields might go, you know, whatever, top five, and he ends up falling to what 11. In fact, the Vikings, I mean, Rick Spielman, uh, who I caught up with the other day, I mean, Rick had genuine interest in moving up for. For Justin Fields,
2: I don't buy that one. Yeah, well, he did. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I mean that. I mean that in the like what we heard about he offered to move up more than like. Not that I think he wanted to get Justin Fields, but it's more of like the offers that we heard he used to try to get up were very low. Yeah, that, I didn't hear of, any what?
1: specific intel. I didn't hear like any sort of like big time aggressiveness, Miles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there was, I mean, there was legit Spielman interest in. In Justin Fields, so, I mean, is it possible that Stroud is that guy? That he starts to fall tomorrow night. Now, I mean, I would think his floor would be Tennessee at eleven. Like, does Stroud get below eleven? But like at that point, you know, what would it take to go 23 to 10? Right? Could you pull that off or to nine? I mean, you're giving up your 24 first round pick. Did you need to give up your 25 first round pick too? You may you not need to you. get to nine ten-ish. You would to get up to two or three. <sighs> Uh, But that'll be something I'm I'm intrigued to see play out tomorrow night. What happens with with CJ Stroud? But I'm just saying, Matt, like if it's Stroud, okay, that to me, that's where it gets a little interesting and dicey, right? So we could circle back to this very point if it happens, but if it's more a scenario of maybe moving up a little bit for a Richardson or a hooker or staying at 23, drafting one of those guys or moving back, and one of those guys ends up falling. Like Spielman told me the other day, there's 21 or 22 teams, his intel, based on some conversations with Napier, the head coach at Florida, that there's a bunch of teams that don't have Anthony Richardson with a first-round grade, right? So, I mean, depending on what these other quarterback needy teams and who has him with the first-round grade and positional need and all that, I mean, you know, some team might have him with the first-round grade, but some other guys on the board, and so they pass on Richardson, right? But, like, Richardson needs a city here. Hooker needs to city year, although I guess his doctor sent a note to, to all teams that the ACL recovery is, is ahead of schedule. And I know Hooker put some video on social media today where mm-hmm. he's now doing some dropbacks. And so he's progressing nicely. But like Hendon Hooker's is not starting week one. Right. So if you end up with Hooker or Richardson, I mean, Cousins isn't going anywhere. And, yeah. you know, until I hear otherwise, I don't think he's going to be a pain in the butt. You know, now it's not necessarily his job to be like this uber mentor. You know, maybe it'll happen organically, naturally. But, you know, with Phillips and O'Connell and, you know, other people at TCO, right? I mean, whoever the rookie quarterback will be, uh, that person will have plenty of fingerprints on them.
0: For sure. I know you don't have a whole lot of time here with us. So, Miles, do you have any final questions here for Doogie before uh, he goes out and watches some baseball? Yeah, um,
2: it's kind of like a two-parter, I guess. When I look at the, like the, the systems for the, the quarterback potential um, first round, it feels like Richardson's like that, the reason they would move up to three. And then it feels like Stroud would be why they'd move up to like nine, 10, you know, that range. And then Hooker's like a trade back scenario. Um, but I ask all that to say the Trey Lance news that has come out recently that, you know, maybe he's on the block. Maybe he's not. Who knows what they're going to do with him. Um, how much steam do you think there actually, are interest from the Vikings do you think there actually has been and a part of that, do you think that's something that the Vikings would consider exploring if they missed on a Stroud, Richardson, even maybe a hooker? Do you think they would maybe get a little bit more aggressive maybe on Friday or, or what have you um, to make that type of move?
1: Yeah, I mean, the question is, Miles, do you take John Lynch at face value or was she lying to us the other day saying, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but that essentially Trey isn't going anywhere? I would bet a lot of money miles on Trey's name coming up internally in Egan. I'm not ready to say that I can confirm the Mike Florio pro football talk report, that there was actual trade discussions, dialogue, however you want to classify it at the, at the combine in late February in Indianapolis. But yeah, I think, I think his name has, has come up in Egan. I mean, heck, you know, even, you know, I'll set my conversation with Rick Spielman again, just Rick told me, I mean, And there's enough carryover. That's why I'm citing Rick's name that, you know, a bunch of people that worked for Rick are still working for the Vikings. They did a lot of work on Trey pre-draft 2021.
2: I'd heard that. You
1: know, I mean, they, they liked the kid a good amount. And a number of those people are still in the building. And so like, I don't, I don't see how the name wouldn't come up at least internally. I just, I don't know if it's gotten to the point of actual trade discussions, but I mean, we know Quacey, you know, his time in San Francisco, he's, He's got those relationships. Oftentimes it's easier to trade with somebody that you know really, really well. So whether it's John Lynch or you know the number two or number three guy or number four guy in San Francisco, Quasey's got those relationships, right? So, I mean, I don't think it'd be a, a real hard trade if San Francisco is willing to make the move to actually get done. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not – put it this way. I mean, he's still on my radar, Miles. Like, I'm not saying, like, okay, John Lynch said this earlier this week or a few days ago whenever it was late last week okay, that story's done and over with, like still very much on my radar. So I'm not dismissing that one either, that, you know, depending on how things shake out and if they don't end up with with a quarterback early, you know, uh, that maybe eventually, yeah, maybe something does happen. I mean, I think after you sign Sam Darnold and you've got Purdy now, I mean, it's just, it's hard to see a future for Trey Lance in San Francisco. So to me, it's, you know, when, not if they make a move on Lance. now. You know, maybe it's Tennessee or somewhere else. But uh, I do think his name has come up in Egan. And so as long as I'm led to believe that, he's still very much on my radar.
2: Feels like more player trades during the draft. And there goes my dog. Um, <laughs> more player trades during the draft seem to be, like, more popular than than ever before.
1: Yeah, or even, you know, I mean, heck of a job by by Ryan Poles to get D.J. Moore
2: yeah. out of yeah. Carolina.
1: In that trade. So, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, I I still wonder about about Austin Eckler with the Chargers. I still wonder about DeAndre Hopkins. Now that's so much money. Arizona probably would have to eat some money, but yeah, Buda Baker and Jonah Williams and certainly Dalvin. Right. And, you know, remains to be seen on Zedarius. I mean, you know, Daniil Hunter's still a story at some point here. Yeah. Uh, As far as I know, I don't believe he's been in Egan. Uh, Not that he has to be not mandatory. Do not need (laughs) to be there right now, but uh, a lot of guys are. Right. So uh, interesting, at least noteworthy when a guy isn't out there. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, all that stuff is is still like it's it's top of mind for me, Miles. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just yeah, I mean, I, I would echo what you said. though. Yeah, I mean, we are seeing a good amount of of player type transactions. It's not just draft pick compensation. So I imagine, you know, some players going to get moved this weekend and, you know, as long as. You know, the Dalvin situation is what it is, and it's not changing anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing that's very much on my radar. Could Dalvin move as soon as this weekend? It's coming, so could it be as soon as this weekend? Uh,
0: Where does John Michael Schmitz land this weekend? Any predictions?
1: Well, I mean, I heard the private workout with Steve Hutchinson, the Hall of Famer, the former Viking, who's now a consultant for the Seattle Seahawks, went very, very well. And so I wonder about Seattle, but I also wonder about the New York Giants. You know, just they've done a lot of work on him. You know, the Jets re-signing McGovern. I imagine no one the Jets. The Jets had done a decent amount. Oh, wow. Visited the Vikings. I don't think the Vikings, though. I mean, I'd be thrilled to see it, but I don't think the Vikings. Uh, you know, the Bills have done a good amount of work. But, you know, if my money was was somewhere, well, it'd be two places. It would be either the Seahawks or the New York Giants.
0: I think Daniel House, when he was on our, our show a couple of weeks ago, um, he shared that same same feeling. He feels like that's mm-hmm. probably where where he'll land. So, um, well, thank you. Wait, wait, you, before
2: you go to oh. final final Vikings prediction, like what's Ooh. your final like uh, whether it's a tr- trade up, trade back. It doesn't have to be a specific player. But like, what's your final prediction for the Vikings tomorrow night?
1: You know what I said a few days ago on TV, Miles? So, I mean, I get it. It's fluid, right? I mean, we're talking here on, on Wednesday early evening. And so Sunday was seemingly a really, really long time ago in the world of, of pre NFL draft dialogue. But because I'm on the record on Sunday saying I see trade back, you know, and, and that's what I was hearing most recently, you know, as recently as this afternoon, some steam on that. I'll continue to say that. But I'm just saying I'm not dismissing the possibility of of a trade up or no trade, you know, coming to fruition and them staying at twenty three. But I can see just based on having five picks, only two picks in the top 100. You know, 23, 87. You just you need more than two swings in the top 100. And hey, I would do the TJ Hawkinson trade again. You know, and, and they'll sign him to a long-term extension at some point. Uh, nothing imminent as far as I know, but I see him here for many more years. And so, I endorse the trade, right? But that's why you don't have two, and so you've only got these two swings in the in the top 100, 23 and 87. So that's why I'm thinking you move back to get another swing in the top 100.
0: Perfect. I, I love it. I just love that there's there's so much mystery still. I mean, feel like back when we had Rick, we could probably pinpoint who he was going to go for. But with Kwesi and Kevin O'Connell, nobody knows. And that's that's the joy of this season, this time. Of well, year, I, so. I'll even
1: remember, Matt. So back in my um in my uh, KFAN days, I hosted a pre-draft party. This is when the draft was just one day. So it was a Friday night party at bunnies in St. Louis Park, the Troy Williamson year was that 07 or 08? 07, I think. And so it was like a Miller Light or Bud Light or something party. And so they had some personalities from the fan there, including me. And you know, they wanted us to entertain the crowd. And so I grabbed the mic and had had, had it nailed. I mean, and I don't think I was the only one, but it was like, hey, <laughs> like they're taking tomorrow Troy Williamson, this wide receiver from South Carolina. That was 0- 05. 05. Okay, oh, yeah, so, yeah, because that's right what happens when you get old. I mean, I'm in my mid-40s now. I have to go see the doctor tomorrow. I was talking to my doctor on the phone the other day. He's like, just a reminder, you're now you're now middle-aged. I'm like, oh, gosh darn. that's right. Yeah, Thanks for putting it in, in those terms, right? And I've got a 12-year-old and a 9-year-old. So that's what happens. We're soon to be 9-year-old in June. That's what happens, Miles. All these years start to blend together. Oh, yeah. Or 05. But yeah, 05. So 2005, on a Friday night the draft was all on Saturday. I was at Bunnies in St. Louis Park hosting that party and hopped on the mic and said, hey, get ready for it. The Vikings tomorrow are going to take Troy Williamson. And so, yeah, it was even before Spielman. But we're still gathering the book on on Quasi. right? And so we don't we don't have rock-solid intel. So I'd love to tell you, like, I know definitively 100% how it's going to shake out tomorrow night, but I don't. And, you know, there are so many scenarios too when you're picking 23 compared to – seven or wherever Williamson went, was it seven or eight or something like that? Yeah. Right. I mean, there's just not as many scenarios when you're picking that high, when you're picking a 23, you know, but I'm just, I'm following, I'm following the trail, the breadcrumbs, right. I mean, those out in Egan say, Hey, like all these scenarios are in play trade up, trade down, stay at 23, a bunch of different positions. I mean, again, wouldn't bet on tackle, but can't really dismiss any other position. So, yeah, I mean, more mystery than, than I can remember. But yeah, I mean, 05, nailed it. <laughs> other years, yeah, had a really, really good idea. Getting yeah. into it, don't necessarily have as much an idea, but I can provide the information on, hey, the Vikings spent this amount of time doing this, doing that, yeah. right? And so to at least give, you know, a little bit of a hint of, of what
2: they're thinking. It's kind of fun not knowing because under Rick, we knew for so long. Like we knew Garrett Bradbury. We knew, um, who else did we know? Uh, we knew wide receiver, like, uh, 2013. Was it, like, Cordero? We didn't know Cordero passing. Well, I mean, you know, Trey Wayne's, I don't think, was a hard
1: one to pinpoint. Well,
2: actually,
1: was that hard of a one to pinpoint. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of evidence with Rick, yeah. which is interesting, Miles, because, you know, and I've got a good relationship with Rick, but, like, when he was the GM, it was, it was, like, he would, like, confiscate cell phones. He would... Like he would go out of his way to ensure that there weren't leaks. And it's like Rick, you got so much other crap to worry about. Like, who cares? Right? I mean, you know, this is all fun and games. Uh like if something gets out, I mean, who knows if it's true or not anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was he was out of control on that front, just trying That's to funny. prevent stuff from from being leaked. And, like just tapping really phones good. internally yeah. and yeah, confiscating wow. cell phones and just all this stuff. Like, Rick was incredibly paranoid about information getting leaked. <laughs> but but, but it always did. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, it
2: always did. Always. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, that's the funny part is, like, we literally knew Garrett Bradbury was going to be the pick in 2019. I feel like Correct. that was like the, the biggest, that was like the worst. They were picked at 18, and we still knew that he was going to be the pick. Like,
0: yeah. it's just incredible. It's
2: so funny to me. I know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Tonight, enjoy baseball with your son. Enjoy the chaotic weekend that is about to ensue because uh, I know we'll be busy here, but you'll be busy on your end as well.
1: Yeah, and it's just, it's even fun for me to see, you know, a kid like Evan Hall, who I first got to know at Maple Grove High School, right? Didn't play varsity football until 11th grade, you know, and he'll get drafted this weekend. I don't know exactly when, you know, but enough teams like him, the Broncos, the Packers, some others, like. That's really cool for me. Like, I'll be tracking the Vikings, no doubt, but, you know, just to see where some of these other kids land. I mean, for sure, he may not get drafted, but, like, I love Mariano sorry, Marin, the former Gophers linebacker. Right, I think about Jack Gibbons, the former Gophers linebacker, who is now, heck, is he first or second depth, you know, chart-wise for the Tennessee Titans, was an undrafted free agent, but he climbed the ladder. I mean, Mariano could do something like that. Mo Ibrahim, right, one of the greatest running backs in Gophers history. Excited to see where he lions. And so, you know, just all sorts of different angles. Nash Jensen, an offensive lineman from North Dakota State from Osseo High School. Brent Lang, an offensive lineman from Minnesota Duluth. Like how often does Duluth get a kid to the combine? Like he went to the combine. That's a really big deal. And so I don't know if he gets drafted this weekend or not, but if not, he can be a priority free agent. But like kid like that from Lakeville North High School, excited to see where he lies. So yeah, definitely be
0: a, be a fun time on Saturday. Absolutely, absolutely. For everybody watching or listening, thank you for joining us. Remember, like and subscribe to be entered into the drawing to win a custom skull piece by That's Badass Wood Art. We have tons of coverage coming up this weekend, um, including reactions to every pick uh, as they happen. Um, And Daniel House will actually be joining us for a few of those as well to give his insight because I don't think anyone knows college football quite like that man. Nope. Uh, nope. So Trust me. He, he forgets yeah.
1: in five seconds more than I'll ever know when it comes to analyzing. <laughs> Daniel House is a rock star. Daniel House is a superstar. Yes,
0: yeah. we, we love him over here. So gracious that he's going to join us this weekend. But until next time, everybody, Skull Vikings.